Bringing a novel therapeutic to market is an art. Hear Veristat thought leaders as they draw on their specialized expertise to offer insight on timely, relevant topics that impact clinical development, the regulatory landscape, and patient access to these novel therapies. Hello and welcome to Art Podcast, Advancing Revolutionary Therapies, a podcast series presented by the Center of Excellence at Veristat. My name is Andrea Larañaga, Associate Manager Regulatory Affairs at Bestat, and today I will be joined by my colleagues Laura Ocaña, Associate Regulatory Affairs Strategist at Bestat, and Gemma Dorrego, Regulatory Affairs Specialist here at Bestat too. As we discuss the influence of medical device regulations article 117 in the marketing of combination products. Welcome Laura and Gemma. Hi, thanks for having me. Hi and thank you. So the article 117 of the medical device regulation amends the directive 2001/83EC and requests one kind of combination products the involvement of a notified body to assess the conformity of the device part with the relevant general safety and performance requirements. But before talking in depth about this article, I believe we first need to talk about combination products. How is a combination product defined? I can take that question, Andrea. Well, combination products are defined as products which combine both a medical, a medicinal product and a medical device and can either be regulated by the medical devices regulation or the medicinal product directive depending on their principal mode of action. Here we can find two main groups which are integral drug device combination products and non-integral drug device combination products. Thank you, Gemma. I think it's important we talk further about this kind of combination products. Could you explain us a bit more about this? Sure, no problem. First of all, non-integral drug device combination products are products in which the medical device and the medicinal product are regulated independently. Now, depending on how these products are marketed, the regulatory requirements may vary. Let's take, for example, the case of packaged products. Then we have, as we said before, integral products, which are products that the medicinal product and the medical device are considered one combined entity, and both of them are needed for a correct performance of the device. Now here we can find as well two kinds of integral products, and we will classify them according to the mode of action. In the first case, if the main mode of action is done by the medical device, the action of the medicinal product must be considered as what we call ancillary to that of the device, and the product shall be assessed and authorized in accordance with the medical devices regulation. A great example of this would be drug letting stents, where the main action is done by the stent, and then we have the eluting agents which help to the proper use of the medical device. On the other hand, when the main mode of action of the product is done by the medicinal product, this product should be authorized under the scope of the medicinal products legislation, and a great example would be a brief syringe. Thank you, Gemma. When does the Article 117 apply specifically? This article applies to integral products in which the main mode of action is done by the medicinal product. One example will be a non-reusable medical device used to administer a medicinal product like single-use preferred syringe. Another example will be medical devices that incorporates as an integral part a medicinal product like a scaffold with oncological medicinal product implanted in the body to treat a tumor. Thank you both for explaining me this. So the article 117 only applies to single integral products in which the main action is done by the medicinal product. 
And before the amendment of this article, what was the scenario? What do you think about the approach that the European Commission took? This article was necessary because drugs and medical devices were regulated independently, and the combination was not considered or regulated as a whole of product. The medicinal product regulation did not specify the exact procedure to ensure the safety of the integral combination products. This amendment to the Medicinal Products Directive will promote the, the exchange of information between the EMA and the medical device manufacturers and notified bodies to ensure the safety of the product once it is market. I completely agree with Laura and I would also like to add that this is also necessary due to the increase that we are seeing in the number of medicinal products that are being developed for use with the medical device. I completely agree with both of you. The amendment of this article was necessary and will increase the safety of these kind of products. But this, of course, will also increase the obligations of the manufacturers. Could you explain me a bit the implications that this article has? What new requirements will the manufacturer with integral drug device combination products in which the primary action is done by the drug have to fulfill? Yes, Andrea, there are two possible scenarios. If the medical device is C-Mark, for example, the prefinite syringe that we mentioned it as example, if this syringe has the C-Mark, the manufacturer will only have to add the certificate to the marketing authorization application. However, if the medical device is not C-Mark, for example, the scaffold we mentioned previously that could have been developed specifically for that medicinal product, a notified body opinion is triggered. And what's a notified body opinion? A notified body opinion is an assessment on the conformity of the device part with the relevant general safety and performance requirements which are set out in Annex 1 of the Medical Devices Regulation, ensuring the safety of the device when used with a medicinal product. The notified body will also assess the suitability of the device for its intended purpose before putting it on the market. It must be also taken in, into account that the notified body opinion will have to be included in the marketing authorization application and the company who is responsible for said marketing authorization will be the one in charge of obtaining the notified body opinion. So the documentation that needs to be provided for a notified body opinion is not a full technical documentation, but most of the aspects will be covered by it, isn't it? That's it, Andrea. The notified body opinion will not be based on a full assessment of the technical documentation of the device. Documents regarding the safety, performance and compatibility between the device part and the medicinal product will be assessed from different documents provided by the manufacturer. The test reports, including stability studies, risk management reports, clinical evaluation, biological evaluation, among other information needed to provide objective evidence on the conformity of the medical device, but with the applicable general safety and performance requirements. Thank you, Laura. And regarding timelines, how does this affect the manufacturer's development schedule? Well, usually the total duration once the notified body opinion dossier is submitted varies between two to six months, but that also depends on the clock stops and the documentation status when it is provided to them. Thank you for this information, Gemma. We see that this is extra work for the manufacturer and that could be challenging. That's why we recommend all manufacturers first to analyze if they will need a notified body opinion and if that's the case, to plan accordingly in order to avoid delays.
To sum up, I would like to ask you both, which would you say are the main pros and cons of this legislative change? Well, on the one hand, I would say that one of the main advantages of this Article 117 we've been talking about is the improved safety of the integral drug device combination product that is being marketed. Since the safety, performance and compatibility of the medical device and the medicinal product are strictly reviewed. However, there's a downside to this, and it's basically that this also means a lot more time, a lot more extra work, and that more resources are going to be needed by the manufacturer, specifically taking into account that in the case that a notified body opinion is needed, this can push the timeline. Yes, and adding to what Gemma said, a more organized procedure is now established, making it easier to the manufacturers to know how to proceed in these cases. In contrast, this is a new procedure for notified bodies and EMA, and there will be certain uncertainty, mainly regarding the timings of the procedure that may affect the time needed to put on the market this type of product. This will improve as the number of procedures increases, and all the pieces needed to obtain the notified body opinion are well engaged. It should also be a point that all the procedures requiring the participation of a notified body must be planned in advance because notified bodies are overloaded. For this reason, notified bodies must be contacted as soon as possible when it is expected to be involved in any procedure. Yes, I definitely agree with your comments. These procedures will increase the safety of the drug device combination products, but will also increase the work for manufacturers and notified bodies. Thank you, Laura and Gemma, for joining me in this discussion. We have already reached the end of this podcast, and I'm glad that we could get to get you to get your take on these topics. Beristat has a wealth of experience in all facets of clinical regulations and uh, can help you develop a detailed plan tailored to your product that will reduce your regulatory risk. I encourage you to listen to all our episodes on our regulatory podcast series and to reach out through the links available on the Beristat website. You can also subscribe to the Art Podcasts on your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening and until next time. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to Art Podcasts on your favorite podcast player today.